Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. God is in the house. Did you sense his presence tonight? Did you, did you realize that when we come together in his name, he's got business for us to transact, but he also has blessings he's pouring out to you, through you, upon us all. Hallelujah. You know, I so appreciate the privilege of uh, teaching, particularly on the subject of prayer. And there's so many areas that you can go in prayer. It's a very, very broad subject. And I was moved. <laughs> I, was, I, I felt a tugging inside of me like I, wanted, I really wanted to minister on persistent prayer. There's something about that. But the, I just felt a strong pull for me to, or I should say a prompting, to minister something that would minister to the saints that would help us because we know, according to Daniel chapter 7, the end time strategy of the enemy is to, among other things, wear out the saints. We cannot, you cannot afford to be worn out in this hour. And if you don't have a prayer life, I must say, developing a prayer life and I might say a fluent prayer life, a skillful prayer life, is not optional. It is mandatory. Amen. It says in the book of Peter, that's not up in the notes, but 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 7, it says, The end of all things is now come. In, verse, in the Amplified Bible, uh, classic, the end of all uh, things and the culmination of all things is now come near. Therefore, keep sound minded and self restrained and alert, therefore, for the practice of prayer. And so, praying, it, it's, no, it's no accident that the Lord has inspired and led our pastor to lead us into a season of prayer. And corporate prayer is powerful. An entire church saying the same thing is very, very powerful. The book of Job says, how forcible are right words. Is it important to speak the same thing with authority? You know that it is. But tonight, I feel impressed to minister to those of you that... Uh, are reeling from what recent events have occurred as far as uh, uh, the current situation with, you know, pandemic, yada, yada. I don't even want to give the devil any glory. But your Christianity has got to work for you. It's great that we come together and we've got these prayers, but I want you to know that prayer is not a sheet of paper. It's not a rosary. It's not a formula. It is a life. Now, listen carefully. My, my message tonight is entitled, Stay Connected. And I have several vital habits of an effective prayer life. We'll see how far I can get. I'm not in a race. I'm just here to make sure that we get out what needs to get out. Somebody said amen. amen. In John chapter 15, verse 1 through 11, I may or may not read the whole thing. But Jesus expresses how I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Reading from the New King James Version. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it, it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken. Now, verse 4, I want you to really focus on because it, it emphasizes the whole idea of staying connected. Amen. Abide 
in me. There's an entire world in those three words of abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm trying to tell you that we're speaking the same thing in this church, but it is much more powerful and effective if you abide in him. And when you speak this, it's from a place of authority. Amen. So anyway, he says, abide in me. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and withered and so forth. But it says in verse 7, look at that if you would please. If you abide in me, and I'm just taking a little bit of time here to develop the foundation. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask. Here's where the prayer part comes in. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. The focus for tonight is that the fruit is prayer fruit. I don't know about you, but when I pray, I want to know. I want assurance that I'm praying according to the will of God, and I want assurance that I'm going to get exactly what I'm praying for. Yes, amen. That's right. We've heard it taught. We're so well taught in this church, but we've heard it taught the faith begins where the will of God is known. We're going to touch on a few of these things, but I want to reemphasize that prayer is not an impersonal religious exercise. It is not a job or a duty and it is not a formula. Clearly, Jesus is describing a prayer life that flows organically from the place of a vital union or relationship with Him and the Father. And so friends, I'm encouraging you tonight, if you're going to thrive, not just survive, if you're going to thrive in the current conditions where times are perilous, we must stay connected to the vine. Jesus says in the Message Bible in John 15, 4 through 8, live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you in the same way that a branch cannot bear grace by itself, but only by being joined to the vine. You can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. We can't play Samson around here. Samson did not realize when he was not connected anymore. He said, I'll just get up. I know I'll just do what I did before. I'll just break those bands of wickedness the same way. And you might get up one day and you might just say, I'm just going to get up and confess. You can confess all you want, but if you're not vitally united to the vine, it has provides questionable results. I'm not into questionable results. I'm into the place of knowing that we might know what the will of God is. I'm into this is the confidence that we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, that we know that we have the petitions that we asked of Him. And we know that if He hears us, hallelujah, we know we've got it. We're not guessing. We're not guessers. I'm telling you right now, you cannot afford to, to gamble your life on a guess. You have to know in whom you have believed, like the Apostle Paul said, that you know that he's able to keep that which you commit unto him against that day. Hallelujah. Are we doing all right so far tonight? In the message version of John 15, verse 5 through 8, it says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. When you are joined with me and I with you, the relation, listen, Intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. 
Remember, we're speaking in the context of answered prayer right now. Amen. It says separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, and so forth and so on. Anyway, there are a few things that I can allude to because I know you're so well taught. We have just some really favorite charismatic scriptures such as Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. They'll put it up in the Amplified in just a second. Look what it says. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything. How? Through him who does what? Infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. But please understand, in the context of what we're talking about tonight... If we want to know that we have the petitions that we ask of Him, we have to be connected to Christ. I like what Brother Moore said, the in you realities. In you, you know nothing. In you, you can do nothing. (laughs) In you, you're nothing. But in Him. So that's what we're talking about tonight. Somebody say, in Him. In Him. Hallelujah. Okay, so anyway, the thought tonight is that we can miss it... uh, Uh, thinking that just having some formula in the name of Jesus and this and that and will wield results in the kind of life that we're facing today. But uh, particularly if we're not giving attention to the relationship with Jesus, come on, that's due and give him the due place in the field of prayer, abiding in him. I think I've said enough. There's, there's various things that I can say. It says in the Passion Translation, I won't, I'll just say, uh, it, I, let, it says here, stay united with me in the complete Jewish Bible. Remain united with me, says the com- also the complete Jewish Bible. It says, if you remain united with me and my words with you, then ask whatever you want and it will happen for you. This is how my Father is glorified in your bearing much Fruit. Somebody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, so let's get into some things. I believe that uh, now we're going to take a little, a little detour. This is not the kind of message that you hear typically, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to address certain things that address your relationship. You know, uh, I don't know about you. If you've ever gone for marriage counseling, I, I went because I needed a lot of help, right, honey? And I went to marriage counseling. I've even gone to family counseling because I needed all the help I can get. Somebody said amen. That was too loud. Okay. But we're having a little counsel. Somebody say counseling session tonight for prayer warriors. So we're looking at a couple of S's. The first thing that I want you to know is tonight's focus is in our connection, our our attachment, our union, or our relationship. Many times when you go to counseling, you're working on your... Come on, your relationship. Exactly the truth. So the first thing that I'm going to say, the first S, and these are all S's tonight, as many as I can plow through in a few minutes here. The first S stands for Scriptures. I don't know of any individual, not one, that has a successful prayer life, an effective prayer life, a powerful prayer life that is aloof from the scriptures. Jesus said, if you abide in me and what? And my words, you can't, listen, you've heard this preached so often from this pulpit and from so many uh, full gospel pulpits around uh, the world, but you've got to allow his word 
to abide in you. It says, let's see, I, uh, you know this sort of thing, right? Colossians 3.16 says this, Let the word of Christ do what? Dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. What it says in 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17, New King James Version says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. One of those good works is prayer. So I'm just trying to stress to you the importance of reading the love letters from heaven. You've got to let the word abide in you. You've got to keep it close to you. Joshua 1.8, the book of the law. In other words, if you, if you are looking for a goosebump, if you are looking for an angelic visitation, forget it! The thing you can count on is the Word. Do what Dad taught us. Dad Hagen, he said, put the Word first. If you get an angelic visitation, if you get a goosebump, well, good for you. But we're not, I'm not moved by goosebumps. How about you? I'm not moved by angels. I'm moved by the Word. He said, if my words abide in you. Somebody said, Amen. Well, you're well taught, so I don't have to belabor this point. So the first, the first thing about a successful or observations of people with powerful prayer lives that get results is that they put the scripture first. Now, here's one I'm going to get in your business. The second thing I noticed was solitude. Solitude. This is so important because there's so many things hitting all of us right now. And I'm drawing, I'm drawing some of this information from this book entitled Attachments by Dr. Tim Clinton and Dr. Gary Sibsey, I suppose. And I, I just borrow, I'm borrowing a lot and quoting as I hop around from some of the things. He says this, Solitude is the missing link in our everyday lives. Everyone needs at least 10 to 15 minutes of personal quiet time every day. But as as a spiritual discipline, solitude is far more than just a few moments that we manage to set aside for ourselves. Are you listening to me? When we seek solitude, our goal is to disconnect from life's distracting normal routines, those activities and elements that superimpose themselves between ourselves and our closer relationship with God. Did that make sense to you? In solitude, in that relationship, is strengthened as we hear His quiet, still voice that directs and shapes our vision of reality, the appropriate blend of physical and spiritual. When we get away from others and form our typical daily that form our daily routine, we're thrown into a reality of being completely dependent on God for existence. Now, I like that because I know. In so many great people's lives, starting with my mom, who's in glory today, she would tell me a story where she would go alone as a teenager and she would go up into the mountain alone for hours and hours to pray. I, I can't tell you how much that impacted me. My mom would always tell me about prayer and that she would go to the mountain to pray and that she would go and wait on God and she would seek His face alone. Somebody say alone. 
Notice the, the prayer life of Jesus in Mark. They'll put it up for you. Mark chapter 1, verse 32 through 37. I may not read the whole thing. But at evening, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door. Somebody said, that sounds like a lot of work. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. Now notice what it says in verse 35. This is the next day. It says, In the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed where? Where? Into a solitary place and there prayed. Because sure enough, friend, everybody's going to come to your door. The phone is going to ring. The mail is going to come. The business contracts are going to slam you. The school is going to call. The hospital is going to call. Your mother-in-law is going to call. Somebody's going to get in your business. And you've got to have some virtue. So get the picture. Jesus is slammed with ministry. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. And then, so he went to sleep. He, it, Like you and me, like, man, I'm sure glad this is over. But you know what? The next day was coming and he knew it. So he, w- he woke up a great while before day and he went out to do what? Pray. To pray where? In a solitary place. Now look what was waiting for Jesus. And then in verse 36... So he's out there praying in a solitary place. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they found him, they said to him, all men seek for thee. You know what's going on here, friends? It's like it doesn't let up. This whole this pandemic thing and all the economy, all the bad news and all the politics. It's not letting up anytime soon. And so I'm encouraging you by the Spirit of God tonight, you must carve out that spot in a solitary place. I don't care if it's in your car, in a closet, someplace. You've got to get away from everybody and everything. For heaven's sakes, leave your phone out of the picture. And connect with God on a regular basis. David put it this way, my soul thirsts after you as the deer pants for water because tomorrow is surely coming, friends. We've got to drink in of his virtue. I've got to hear from heaven. I can't go one day to the next without hearing his voice in my life. How about you? I think I'm in the right place. Hallelujah. And then it says in Matthew 14, 23, when he had sent the multitudes away, check my time, when he had sent the multitudes away, different scripture, he went up where? Into a mountain, how? Apart, apart, apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there, how? Alone. I can't tell you how hard it is to get apart to just have a little peace and quiet. I mean, one day I got a part with my wife. We went over there to a park over there by the marina and we couldn't believe it. There's a car right just to boo, boo, boo. Like we were totally quiet. Like, ah, look at this quiet moment. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And a car pulls up next to us. Boom, 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 boom. I'm going, my thought was, Really? This beautiful scene, we're getting away from it all, but boom, 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 boom. And it's like the windows are shaking, boom, 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 boom. Oh, I dropped my book. Oh, boom, boom. 
Unbelievable. I tried to say, like, well, how, do I pull out immediately or am I going to, is it going to cause road rage? So we waited a little while. Then we pulled out, we pulled back to park and we, we started listening. Does anybody have their stereo on? Like, really? This generation is crazy. They don't know what it means to be quiet. Unbelievable. Anyway, so I just want to bring you, bring you to this whole idea. See, the thing about there's there's the next thing, the next S that we want to talk about is uh, it works somewhat closely with solitude, and that's silence. Ooh, si- got real quiet here. Silence. That comes from one page one sixty eight of the book. Surrounding yourself with silence and experiencing solitude go hand in hand. Silence occurs when we remove ourselves from all the noise that fills our lives. Radio, TV, people, cars, iPhones, Androids, and other human activity. Obviously, it's nearly impossible to completely isolate yourself from sound, but by drastically reducing it, you will become aware of just how often sound drowns out the Lord's voice. There's competition for you trying to hear God, getting getting that place of connection with Him, right? And then, boom, 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 and all that nonsense. My goodness. And by the way, there's two forms of silence that they talk about in the, in the book. Silence in your environment. In other words, a quiet room or park, seashore, lake. But there's another silence. That is silencing your own tongue or silencing yourself or silencing your mind. And, it, and wow, it, what, what does this do? It changes the emphasis from talking to listening of being deeply, intently aware of the subtleties that we may normally overlook. Now, I'm, I'm about as Pentecostal as it gets. I thought I'd get a bigger amen than that. As a Pentecostal, I don't know about you, but I love noise. We love noise. We love shouting. We love running. We love making a joyful sound. And friends, there is a time to shout and make a joyful sound. But let's just be aware, just be aware that sometimes it's beneficial to be still and quiet too. First Kings, I think I'll, I'll push on this point a little bit more. First Kings 19 verse 9 and 16 is a familiar passage of scripture. I believe that what I'm going to do is paraphrase for the sake of time. Of course, Elijah is hiding out you know, in a cave and the word of the Lord comes to him in verse 9 says, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replies, I've been very jealous for the Lord of hosts. Sounds like a Pentecostal. Oh, I've been really serving God. I've been really preaching the gospel. And for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, drowned your altars, killed your prophets, and I only I left. And they seek to take my life to take it away. And then And he said, this is God speaking, go out and stand in the mount before the Lord and behold the Lord pass by. Now, this is really good for Pentecostals. We get real excited. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains. We like that, don't we? And broken pieces the rock before the Lord. But friends, I need to remind you that the Lord was not in the wind. 
It, it wasn't in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. My book's going to fall again. But the Lord, listen carefully, the Lord was not in the earthquake. Now, notice this. The Lord was in the earthquake in Acts 16, right? Where the Lord rocked the prison. But not. you don't, you don't need to be looking for an earthquake to hear from God. You've got to be led by the Spirit, friends. Don't be fleshly. So notice what it says here. Then there's an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, listen to this, a sound of a gentle stillness in a still, small voice. The complete Jewish Bible, a quiet, subdued voice. The message, a gentle and quiet whisper. The voice, after the fire, listen, after the fire died out, there was nothing but the sound of a calm breeze. And through this breeze, a gentle, quiet voice entered into Elijah's ears. Now notice this. Suddenly, Elijah the Pentecostal was surprised. <laughs> Let me tell you why I think he was surprised. Didn't just a few days ago, didn't he just call fire down from heaven? So if there's fire, it must be God. Didn't the fire come down and licked up all the water and burn the sacrifice and all this amazing stuff? So... Be careful about getting into ruts. That's why you have to develop a relationship. Yes, exactly. Amen. So I'm, I'm certain that when he saw the fire fall, he says, well, surely this is it. But see, that wasn't it. And then the Lord spoke in that calm breeze that when the fire died out, I like the way it says that. So he's going like, what now? Like what? <laughs> What's going to happen now? It was a, more of a quiet thing at that time. He says he wrapped the mantle and he went out to meet with the Lord. So, friends, let's not be religious. Can Pentecostals have a religion? Be religious. I said, can Pentecostals be religious? You know they can. Anybody could be religious. Today, it was a quiet, still, small... I'm not saying that there won't be fire. I believe... You know we believe in fire in this church. But I'm talking about when you're at home and you're seeking with the Lord. We're talking about silence and listening and how that many times, oftentimes, it's just a prompting. We've been taught... You've been taught about this. It's a prompting. A little scripture will come out. The Lord will nudge you this way or that. That's why it's careful... Be careful not to be motor mouth. I'll just leave that, leave that where it lay. And then let me just say this, Psalms 46.10, to further drive the nail in on what the Lord is trying to say. It says, be still, Psalms 46.10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I'm showing 8.18 on the clock, not bad. I will be exalted in the earth. Wow. So I, I just looked at, a little bit of that about be still and uh, I'm no scholar but in strong 7503 uh, uh, still is the word rafa or rafa and uh, it means to sink relax withdraw let go refrain be quiet and one person wrote it this way stop frantic activity can you see these Christians I, feel, I could feel the Lord saying just stop just stop it. Oh, wow. Oh, no, no. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, just there's a time to be still before the Lord. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a time to be quiet and circle the city seven times. Quiet. 
circled. That was the instruction because they were connected. They really heard God. But on the seventh time around, what happened? They shouted. I believe in a shout. I sure, I believe in a Holy Ghost shout. I believe in a Holy Ghost quiet. That's the whole idea. If you're doing a formula, you'll miss it. But if you're following and you're connected with Him, vitally united, drawing even your prayer from Him and your everyday life from Him, I say, you're going to know when to do what? Hallelujah. So, yeah, be still. So, praise God. I think that was good enough. Stop all the frantic activity. I'm going to have to close pretty soon, but that's okay. I told you I wasn't going to just try to get through a lot of points. But everybody pray with me so that... Uh, I don't overdo or underdo anything. All right, I'm gonna t- I am going to cover this. If we're talking about your soul and the enemy is trying to wear out the saints from D- Daniel 7, remember that. In Luke 10, 41 and 40, 42 in the message, you've heard this preached often. Pastor does a masterful job of this. He talks about Martha and Mary, you know, how that Mary came and sat at Jesus' feet, Right? But how Martha was troubled about many things. And I have it in the Message Bible. It says in in verse 41 and 42, The Master said, Martha, dear Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. One thing only is essential. Say essential. And Mary has chosen it. It's the main course and it won't be taken from her. The idea here is, if you are fretting, if you're getting worked up, if you lost your peace, that's the flesh. You know, getting angry, worked up in a turmoil. Friends, the effect of righteousness, you are a peace worker. You're bringing shalom by authority of Christ's command into situation. We're not to be frustrated and fretting and bent out of shape and on your last nerve. Are you really going to get prayers answered that way? No, thank you. I got a little agreement on the front row. Hallelujah. No, 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 no. That's not how you get answers to prayer. So let's see. Okay, I'm going to skip down to another, another point on simplicity. When, um, <laughs> let's see. Since I, You know, I may get a chance to minister something along this line again. I'll just say a couple of things. Simplicity. It's in page 170. It talks about the discipline of simplicity. Stop complicating your life. Stop filling every single minute of every single day with tasks and with things to do. You've got to stop it. We've got to slow. Everybody say slow down and allow space in our life. I like, Pastor is a master of this, is creating white space. That's the way he does it. That's the way we were instructed through Jesus to do it. He says, learn of me. He says, I, I'm meek and lowly. That's what Jesus said, right? My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Learn my rhythm. Learn how I do it, said Jesus in the Message Bible. And so we have to learn how to slow way down and declutter our calendar, declutter our souls. In short, stop doing anything that complicates your life. See what happens because your time is so important and valuable to God, especially your alone time with 
Him and your corporate time with Him when you come to church and when you tune us in, friends, at home. Hallelujah. Enough said. Look at, I wanted to make sure that you understood this. Uh, let's see, I like this, what this author said. It says, The idea and the discipline of simplicity is get, get, to give yourself the time to rebuild your relationship with God. Chaos and a frenzied pace create the illusion of a full and productive life while they are distracting us from our need to be in connection with the Creator. I love this line. God doesn't want what you can do. He wants you. I want to say that again. God doesn't want what you can do. He wants you. He values you. Hallelujah. Man, I wish I had time, but I'm going to have to close. And that's perfectly okay. God has been really good to us tonight. I'll, I'll defer to my, to, my, uh, to my counsel. Do I have five more minutes? I do have five more minutes? Okay. Five more minutes. Okay. Five more minutes. <clears throat> this is really good. Notice this. One thing was, was secrecy was another element. And secrecy was basically very, very, very close to um, sol- uh, being in a solitary place and in secret or being quiet and silent. And that is in Matthew 6, 6, Jesus said, when you go to pray, go into your room. Another translation says your closet. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is where? He's in secret or he's in the secret place. And your father who sees where? In secret will reward you how? Openly. It's so vital. Again, I allude to my pastor that teaches us so much on Psalm 91. We have got to dwell in the secret place. We live in dangerous, crazy times. But if we live in the secret place. If you take personal time to go into your closet, shut the door, and in that secret place, pray unto your heavenly Father, He will reward you how? Openly. Hallelujah. Enough said. And then I really like this this point that they made about simple prayer. This was really good. Maintaining your personal attachment to God. Simple prayer is as the equivalent of what he calls social referencing. Please understand that the gentlemen that these gentlemen that are writing these books, they're Christian psychologists, okay? So they're not they're not theologians although they're Christian and they have studied the Bible. Everybody follow me on that. And so he calls this social referencing and he he models it with like with a baby, a toddler that maybe goes to the park with his mom, her mom, and the mom sits at the park bench and the baby's never too far away from mom, but is looking toward mom and always referencing where mom is and says, is it okay? Can I can I step one more over here and can I see this little playground area and kind of looks at mom and the mom gives a nice warm gesture you're good you're fine go ahead and so the baby feels or the toddler feels comfortable to take another step but it's always listen carefully it's always in reference to where mom is 
the moment he feels that there's something that's alarming or there's something that is unexpected, something that is uh, surprising or scary, he, what does he do? Immediately he runs to his source of safety, which in this case is mom. The model is very clear. He says that we build the dimension of uh, social, or I'll call it spiritual referencing, where we use simple prayer. is like everyday prayer. Things that are like in all your ways acknowledge Him. These are the everyday what we think is ordinary. It says another dimension to the discipline of simple prayer is that we turn to God, we look for His presence, His comfort, sound like the mom and the toddler, and His security in the nooks and crannies of our life as we talk to Him and include Him constantly in our consciousness, sounds like Brother Lawrence. And we come to Him as we are, not as we think we should be, believe that He can and will meet us where we are. Richard Foster states, we must never believe the lie that says that the details of our lives are not proper content of prayer. I'm trying to stress to you that as you're cultivating this connection, we're not talking about pulling down strongholds and casting out devils. We're talking about developing that relationship with God. Are you with me? It says, share your hurts, share your sorrows, share your joys freely. He listens in compassion and love, just like we do when our children comes to us. He delights in our presence. When you miss your prayer time, you know, I, be- I really believe this, that God, he, he gets used to visiting. He'll visit you like He did in the garden. He visited them. He visits me in the morning when I get up. And I first thing I do, I'll, I'll warm up uh, some water, about, what, 24 ounces or so of warm water. And then I'll slip away to a place of prayer. And I believe God's there to talk to me that day. And as a result, he is there. But I think if sometime, if that doesn't happen, I really believe that God shows up. Where is he? Where is she? Where's Raul? He went fishing? Oh, sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Raul. (laughs) Uh, Fishing for salt. Yeah, but you better spare your prayer time too. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't help picking on you, Raul. Sorry. (laughs) Listen, the last thing is to set your mind on him. Uh, No, God really cares for us. I'm going to have to go into that some other time about how God cares for you. But you know and recognize that we can cast the whole of our care, our anxieties, all our concerns, our worries, all your concerns once and for all in her. He cares about me having to fix a dishwasher that broke. I'm sorry, honey, I said it. He's concerned about PT fixing the dishwasher. And you know what? He really helped me. He really did. I fixed it the first time. I got the right part. I waited for the right time. I got the flashlight. I had all the tools. I didn't have to go back to the hardware store. Not one more time. I just, everything just worked like, wow, no leaks. I hate plumbing. It just squirts in your face if it's wrong. I, it happened right the first time. I says, thank God. Now, my wife's tired of me praising God for that, but I got to tell you. I did that the right way. I cast the care on the Lord and I waited a whole week, didn't I, honey? And we all washed dishes by hand. True persecution. All right, last thing is sit your mind on Him. And this has to do with meditation. You know, in the same way that talking and listening are two sides of the same conversational coin, prayer and meditation are two inseparable dimensions of our relationship with God. And I, I needed to quote something from uh, hmm, from somewhere, somewhere or another. Christian, 
it, it, it's Sorn, uh, Kierkegaard said this, a man prayed and at first he thought that prayer was talking. But then he became more and more quiet until in the end he realized that prayer is listening. It's a conversation. It's wonderful. I get so excited when God says something to me. Like for tonight's service, I was praying in the Holy Ghost and he said, Chorus, Chorus, I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, Chorus. Man, I'd love to talk about praying in the Holy Ghost, but that's not my assignment tonight. But I'm praying in the Holy Ghost and now it comes the word Chorus, Chorus. I go, Yes, Lord, Chorus, Chorus, Chorus. And then you know what happened was that uh, later, I didn't even know what that was about, but I came across the little song. How many of you enjoyed that song? Let your kingdom come, let your will be done till the... That was an awesome song. And, and he had me just do the chorus. Just do the chorus. I didn't even know that was coming. But I said, yeah, that rocks. I like it. Even my drummer can hit it. And the bass player can And the singers, oh my goodness. Did they grab that tonight or what? He's interested in the small details of your life. From planning the worship service to fishing the dishwasher. Fishing. Fixing the dishwasher. Boy, I need to stop pretty soon. Pastor Nancy, be close. Hallelujah. In closing, let me just review things. S for scriptures. S for solitude. S for silence. S for simplicity. S for secrecy. S for simple prayer. And S for set your mind. Listen, listen. Meditate. Meditate on His Word. Listen for His verse, for His voice. And guess what happens? If you abide in Me and My words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it might be done for you. I didn't get a big enough. And it might be done for you. No, it shall be done. Now by this is My Father glorified that you bear much what? fruit. Stand up. Let's shout. Hallelujah. It's okay to shout now. Lord, we thank you for your word. I pray that everyone within the sound of our voice, be it at home, in the future, or here today, that we will cultivate our relationship with God, that we'll stay united vitally to that vine. And Lord, I thank you that you care. You really do care about what's happening in their life. He cares about you, friend. He does care. He sees and He cares. Stay with it. Stay with it in Jesus' mighty name. And you will find answers to your prayer. You'll find a lifting. You'll find a strengthening. You'll find that as you abide in Him and as you call for wisdom to come forth, it will come forth. And as you call for health and healing, you'll find that it will spring forth because He is true to His Word. He will resolve issues. Friends, you could talk till you're blue in the face, but it isn't until you operate in the heavenly realm. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against spiritual uh, wickedness in high places. Hallelujah. And so I rejoice, God. I rejoice that you answer prayer. And I rejoice that you love each and every one of us in a unique way. And you delight in us. In Jesus' mighty name.